0: Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for all you're doing in our life. We praise you. We worship you. We magnify your name. Hallelujah. Thank you so much. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. He is so good. He is so good to us. You can have a seat. Good morning. Welcome. Welcome. So good to have you here. I am Pastor Sarah, and I just want to remind you that Pastor Aaron and Pastor Nicole olinsky they are our pastors and they are on sabbatical and um, they are taking a time of rest and relaxation and I am thankful for them. They work hard. They work hard. We have awesome, wonderful pastors. Um, I love that they are also giving us an example of what it means to rest setting a great example for us. I know that many of you have served faithfully. Since you have been here at Grace Church, you've served faithfully. You've come in and you've started serving. And I'm so thankful for that. Actually, I want to talk about Heroes of the Faith today, and we're going to be starting a series on Heroes of the Faith. And I love the hero of the faith, Stephen, And so I get to talk about him today. And he is surrounding him as the characteristic of servanthood. And so just in talking about resting and serving and all the things that we get to do as a part of God's kingdom, I'm so excited to be with you and share that with you today. As many of you have served faithfully, I just want to enter into this message thanking you. But before we do that fully... I just want to pray over us. Will you pray with me? Thank you, Heavenly Father, for this time. Thank you that you have given me a word for your church, God. And I thank you that as I am speaking the words that you have given me and you're giving me in the moment, that, God, those words would go deep into our hearts and they would plant a seed there that would begin to sprout and grow and we would look more like you on the other side of it. So I thank you, Lord, for those of us who are in this room and watching online. Lord, that you are doing a work and are faithful to us. Thank you, Lord. Amen. So when I came to to church, at Grace Church for the first time with my husband, um, there was somebody who was serving us in that moment. There was a guy who opened the door for us the first time we came in. And um, so we were kind of just kind of sneaking in. I don't think we really wanted to be known at that point. We were just like checking it out. And uh, so we came in and didn't think much about it. He greeted us. We, we went in, sat down. And um, but a couple weeks later, it was about a month later, maybe six weeks. Um, we came again, and so we traveled for work, and in between there, we were traveling and speaking other places and doing things, and so we said, let's go, we're home this weekend, let's go check it out again, and so we came in, and the same guy was there opening the door for us and smiling, and do you know that he recognized us That he was six weeks before and he recognized us and I have a theory about that though. I think it was maybe the beard. My husband is six foot four and has an epic beard, right? I think it was maybe a little easy to recognize us, but whatever like mnemonic device or whatever, he remembered us and he said, I'm so glad you guys are back. And that meant the world to us, especially at where we were in that point in our life and everything. We just, it meant the world to be known. And he, all he did really was open a door and remember us. And But it was so good. I know many of you have served and impacted our lives in a great way. Really, my whole family actually has been, my extended family has been impacted by this church. So thank you all. I just want to say up front, we're talking about serving. But I just want to thank you for serving, for jumping in Grace Church and serving and giving it your all and saying yes to God. So thank you for that. Um, we are a growing and vibrant church. Amen? We are growing. We're expanding in the kids wing area. And we are at three services now so we can fit all of us in here. And I love it. I see new faces every single Sunday I'm here. And it's amazing. We are a vibrant church. And it's interesting that that is where we pick up with Stephen's life. So Stephen, our hero of the faith that we're focusing on today, is found in Acts chapter 6, verse 1 through 3. It will be on the screen. But as the believers rapidly multiplied, there were rumblings of discontent. The Greek-speaking believers complained about the Hebrew-speaking believers, saying that their widows were being discriminated against in the daily distribution of food. So the twelve called a meeting of all the believers. They said, we apostles should spend our time teaching the word of God, not running a food program. And so, brothers, select seven men who are well-respected and full of the spirit and wisdom we give them this responsibility. Now, I don't know if Stephen really expected that when he's full of the Holy Spirit and full of faith and full it also says he's full of faith later. Like it distinguishes the rest of the guys who were also full of the Holy Spirit, wisdom and power and all, he was also full of faith. Like it singles him out later on in that passage. And it, But when when we find somebody who is a hero that we start to see Stephen's life and we're reading in Acts 6 and 7, and we realize there are some things that we want to copy or emulate. When when it's a hero or somebody we look up to, that's what we want to do. When I think of heroes, like the first time I thought about this when I was preaching this message, I I think of heroes like Spider-Man and Batman. Like, that kind of hero. I was in the store the other day, and this little boy, you could tell that he was watching something on probably his mom's phone. And he was waiting for her to get done, but he was, like, in a, in a place where she could see him. And so he was just sitting there watching. And so I came by, and for some, whatever reason, he looked up at me and smiled. And I smiled back at him, and he goes, I'm watching Spider-Man. And I was like, and he, oh, and he goes, and my mom said, it's Okay. And I was like, I could be the adult in this moment that says, oh, that's nice. But uh, this is what I did instead. I said, Spider Man, that's awesome. And he goes, yeah, I know. Like, doesn't everybody think Spider Man is awesome? And so, but that's what I think of when I think of like a hero as somebody we. Love. Like they are doing things in the world. They're making a difference. They are stepping in when there's a need. They are just these awesome people that we look up to and that we want to copy or be like. And, you know, maybe for you, it's somebody that you really look up to in your life. Maybe it's somebody, a hero in the faith in your life, that has poured into you or helped you grow in your faith or mature somehow. Like that is the hero for you, of somebody who you really, really look up to. But as we dive more into Stephen's life, I believe there will be characteristics that you will see that will help you begin to grow spiritually as you can copy or emulate some of those things. So as a hero, as someone we really look up to in the Christian faith. And so the first thing that we see is... That, sorry, that Stephen made himself available. So be available to serve however God directs. Now, he was running a food program. So Stephen pulled out the grill, got the spatula, put the apron on, and he started flipping burgers. Right? Now this is a man full of faith, full of the Holy Spirit, full of wisdom, has a great reputation. And he said, whoa, okay, there's some widows up in here that's not being served. There's some injustice happening because what was happening with the widows is that they were actually being discriminated against because they weren't from that area. They were immigrants. They were Jews that had come back to the area To live and they had become Christians and were part, they were merging together all as one church, but they hadn't assimilated fully into the culture and how food was distributed to widows and all of the things that should have been happening, and there was an oversight. And so Stephen's like, Not while I'm in the room. There will not be an injustice happening while I'm in the room. I'm gonna address this. And so he made himself available to serve in that moment. I would argue up front, right here in the sermon, I would argue with you that availability is the hottest commodity of God's kingdom. i say that again. Availability is the hottest commodity of the kingdom. Now, Jesus knew this when he went to um, call his 12 disciples. So he's calling his 12 disciples and he's saying, follow me and I will. Some of them were fishermen. Some, uh, Matthew was a tax collector, others. But he said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Specifically with James and John, he says, follow me and they're fishing. And what if James and John just said, nah, we're good. Nah, no, we're good. Like, we can we can eat fish, we can't eat people. You want us to, like, work with people and that's not, you know, it's just not our thing. Um, th- what if they would, but Jesus knew, somehow knew those who would make themselves available to his kingdom and his service and his work in, in the world and in people's lives. And James and John and the 12 went on to do mighty things that affected not just their community, there locally, but the entire world and even us today as we read about them in scripture. But Jesus knew that availability, like if they just said no, then there we go, you know, like go to the next person. But they said yes. They said yes to Jesus and to his calling Ephesians 4.16 says, he makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. This is saying that we each have our own part to play. I can't do your, your task in the kingdom. I don't have your talents. Right? But we can all do our own part to help the body grow and be full of love. Availability is the hottest commodity of the kingdom. Can I ask you this morning, does God have your yes? Does God have your yes? God desires our yes. Maybe something that God is asking you to do is in, not in the church. Maybe you served in the church. Or maybe you're serving in the church and God's saying, hey, I want you to serve in a different area. And I want you to step out a little bit more and have a, a little more, like step over here a little bit more. God could be calling you to do something in your business. Maybe it's something that you haven't thought of before. But as you're listening and you're opening up your heart and your life, and God says, "Hey, what? Have you tried this? What about this? Maybe it's something in your school, in your career, whatever area of life." that God might be saying, will you just simply make yourself available in this area? So Stephen, as he made himself available, we see some things that started to happen. And the first thing we see is miracles started to happen. Can I tell you this morning that miracles happen when we serve God? Miracles happen God begins to blow our minds with what can actually occur, what he can do with our little. He can make much. Stephen, we see this in his life, Acts 6, eight. It says, Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power, performed amazing miracles and signs among the people. Miracles followed Stephen's ministry as he made himself available. Miracles happened because Stephen was humble. Maybe he thought, oh, this is like a new thing, new, maybe there's going to be the 12 disciples and I'll, I'll be like, I'll fill in for somebody here. Judas, like, I'll, I want to have my list, my name in that list. But God didn't call him to that. God called him first to serve those who needed to be served in the community. And eventually, Stephen gave his life as the first Christian martyr, I'll talk a little bit more about that in a second. Because he, Stephen, gave his life for his faith. I've seen this happen, miracles, in my own life as I've made myself available. My husband and I have been in ministry for a long time. And we lived in a little town and pastored there. We had pastored there for a while. But we moved neighborhoods. And in the new neighborhood, um, we met our neighbor next door And as soon as she found out that we were pastors, she literally, in that moment, turned around, went in her house, and slammed the door. And I was like, welcome to the neighborhood. Thanks. Um, And that continued to happen over time. My husband would be bringing groceries in or whatever and see her on the porch. He'd say, hey, and say her name. and, And she would give us a look, get up walk in her house and slam the door. And I was like, man, I am so, like, I feel bad that she's had that negative of an experience with either pastors or churches or, I, you know, I don't know. I didn't know at that point. And so I just really was like, okay, that's where you are. That's okay. Not a problem. Like, that's where you are. We'll meet you where you are. And, but suddenly something happened that transformed her view. There was a house across the street from us that there was a single mom and a 15-year-old son, and the mom died suddenly. And we had, my husband Tom and I had gotten our foster care license, so we got the call from Department of Child Services, and they said, can you uh, take in this 15-year-old? And we said, yeah, we didn't know how long it would be, but we said, yeah, we'll take him in, not a problem, we just made our home available to what we felt like God had called us to do. And so he comes in, and he only ends up staying for three days. We fed him. He slept a lot, to be honest, and um, just kind of walked with him for a couple of days. And then his dad lived out of town. He made arrangements, came, and picked him up, and went. And we never saw him again. We never heard from him or saw him again. But this suddenly, my neighbor comes over, And the one that's been slamming the door all the time, walking in to get away from us, she comes over and she starts talking with me and talking my head off, really. Like literally every time I would see her after, she wanted to talk to me. What what was our church like? What, you know, who, who were we before we were pastors? And just like getting to know us more. And I said, like this switch had just flipped. And I realized it was because of a couple of things she mentioned with, I can't believe you guys took in a stranger in your home and just let him stay with you when he was in need. And I was like, yeah. And the, mo- the awesome thing is the mom and her daughter started following Jesus, started going to church after that, and gave their lives to God. And then things started happening, miracles We're like surrounding their whole life transformation with her daughter and her friends, her daughter's friends, and all of these people just because we made our house available for three days for someone in need. And so when we serve God, God will begin to transform the lives around us. This is not a big to-do list that we have to do To serve God and like, oh, I got to, you know, check this list and do this and do more for God. And that's not what this sermon is about. I hope you don't hear that. Like, don't do more for Jesus, but be available for him to say, hey, can you do this? Hey, can you do this? Hey, would you make yourself available in this area? And as you do that, miracles will begin to happen around you in people's lives and God will do a mighty work. Let's go back to the Stephen is a martyr. He was the first Christian martyr of our faith. Number three, the point that I see in Stephen that we can emulate in his life is that challenges occur when we serve. If you have served at all in the kingdom, you know that it doesn't fix everything. Like, life is still going to be difficult. We see this in Stephen's life in Acts 6, 10 through 13. It says this, None of them could stand against the wisdom and the spirit with which Stephen spoke. So they persuaded some men to lie about Stephen, saying, We heard him blaspheme, and these are the religious leaders of his day. We heard him blaspheme Moses and even God. This roused the people, the elders and the teachers of religious law. So they arrested Stephen and brought him before the high council. The lying witnesses said, This man is always speaking against the holy temple and against the law of Moses. So they lied about him and they arrested him. As a servant of God and of his people, Stephen experienced persecution And can I say that just because we say, we hear the sermon and we go home and we go, okay, God, I'm available, use me however you would want to use me, then that doesn't fix everything that's happening in the world and circumstances around us. Anyone who's ever served can say amen. amen. It doesn't fix everything around us. There are 360 million. Christians around the world present day who are actively living under persecution for their faith. 360 million. And as I have traveled the world in different regions, I have gotten to see and meet some of these pastors and look them in their eyes. Like 360 million might seem like a really big number, but when you start to meet people and you start to see the looks on their faces and understand what they're facing because of their faith, they know this concept well. They understand that persecution is going to happen. There are many who I've met the pastors who they're not just concerned for themselves and their families' lives, but they're concerned for their church people, the people that attend their church. And so it's a very, very serious issue. Many of them have been imprisoned and beaten and even killed for their faith. But the thing about what I have seen in their eyes, like the string, the common thread, if you will, that pulls all of them together is this two things number 1 they are all so completely joy filled like so utterly and completely overflowing with joy from the inside out that's number one. And number two, they have this sense and confidence and their shoulders are back and their head is high and they have a confidence in their heavenly father that they stand shoulder to shoulder with Stephen, but not just with Stephen. They stand shoulder to shoulder with Jesus. They are completely joy-filled, overflowing with God's love and joy and peace. And yet, also have a confidence of who they stand with. Jesus shared with his disciples in Matthew 16, 24 and 25. It says, then Jesus said to his disciples, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. Can I say that life with God is awesome? Life with God is awesome. But that doesn't fix everything. Life with God is joyful. But I want you to catch the locations that it's joyful. It's internally and eternally. Joyful internally and eternally with him, forever living with him. No more pain, no more struggles, no more strife, no more fights, no more anything. That is completely joy-filled where we get to go in all of eternity. If you are following and serving God and you have a relationship with him, then you are part of that family. That you can have joy, fully have joy and understand And know and experience God's joy inside of you and also eternally. In John 16, though, Jesus warned us. He gave us a warning. He said, in this present world, we we will have trouble. You will have trouble. The good news is that God has overcome it. He said, actually, he said this, take heart. I have overcome the world. Take heart. I am with you, you are with me, and I have overcome the world, and we are going to a better place together. The last thing that I see in Stephen's life that we can learn from is that serving with faith transforms us in our community. Now around here we say it's transforming the space coast with the radical love of Jesus. We got it. We know it. This is what Stephen taught us. Serving with faith transforms us and our community. So the community part um, in Acts 6-7, God's message continued to spread and greatly increased in numbers. So just like our church is growing rapidly, our community, we know the traffic situation is also growing rapidly. Just like that, that continued to happen. So it affected, his faith not only affected there, but beyond. But what I also want to focus on is the us part. Like, serving with faith transforms us. Acts 6.15, at this point, everyone in the high council, so they had arrested Stephen and lied about him and given all this false, false witness. But it says, at this point, everyone in the high council stared at Stephen because his face became as bright as an angel's. What? His face began to glow? His face began to glow with the presence of God. Wait a second. Stephen, when we first started out in this passage, he was already full of the Holy Spirit. He was already of good reputation. He was already of great faith, of great wisdom, of great power. Miracles started happening as he served. But suddenly, as he's stepping out more and more, his face begins to glow. When I read that, I just, like, it, it got me. I was like, God, I want my face to glow. I want my face to glow with your presence. Like, if it takes me stepping out and doing something that's uncomfortable or something that you're calling me to that I'm sh- unsure about, I want my face to glow with the presence of the almighty God, how about you? All because Stephen made himself available and said, yeah, whatever needs done, I'm there for it. I'm down. Put my name on the list. Availability is the hottest commodity of the kingdom. And again, this is not a you need to do more sermon. Because we all have things we do. This is a does God still have your yes? Does God, as you are walking and growing in your faith, Maybe you've done this for many years, but now God's stirring in your heart to do this, and you're like, oh, but I'm this person. (laughs) Like, I don't know if I'm that person. Does God still have your yes? Being available to him brings miracles. I don't know about you, but I want to bask in the presence of the almighty God, and if that takes me stepping out, I want to do it. We're experiencing a lot of growth. I said that. But I believe that some people in our community, as we are growing, they feel overlooked. Like they feel like there's injustice happening in their life. They feel maybe discriminated against or they don't fit a mold or they don't fit a certain way they they think they need to be. And they're searching. Does God have your yes for that? Are you willing, like the disciples, James and John, to say, Yeah, okay? I mean, we've been fishing for years, we know this. But but okay, we'll follow. I have experienced this in my own life. If you've been following God for a while, you have learned and understood and been experiencing this transformation that God freed you. He has freed you from darkness. He has freed you from shame. Because of him, you get to experience the full life and abundant life and joy in him. But in the here and now, will you also continue to say yes and make yourself available? I want to ask if you guys would do something for me. Um, if you would say, you know what? God is stirring my heart. And I just want to say, yeah, God, I'm all in. Like, maybe I've been all in for a while, but. I'm, like, jumping in the deep. Like, whatever you call me to do, I will do it. And I will make myself available. You know, it doesn't take much to open a door. But that gentleman opening the door twice and recognizing our face literally transformed my husband and I's life. Like, this church has done that for us. It has made us come alive again. That didn't take much. It's first of many kindnesses that have been shown to us through this church. And I do thank you for continued serving. But I do have the sense, as I prepared for this sermon and message, that God is calling some of us to step up and say, I want you to do this. And as you step out and you do this, your face is going to start to glow with my presence. And so I want to ask that if that is you, that you say, I'm all in. Maybe you've already been all in, but I'm all in. Or maybe this is the first time you've ever thought about saying, yeah, I'm going to make myself available. Have you stand with me? And I want to pray for you, pray over you. Heavenly Father, this group here and watching online, Lord, they are saying yes. They're saying, God, you have our yes. I make myself available to you. And as they do that, I pray that you would open their eyes to the miracles that are going to start happening around them. Even more so than maybe they already are now. God, open their eyes to the life transformation that you are doing in the people, in their families, in their neighbors. God, open their eyes to see those miracles happening in real time. And God, I pray that their face would glow like super glow, like an angel's feast, like Stephen, glow with your presence all over them when they go out, when they come in, when they go to bed, when they wake up in the morning, that God, you would fill them so completely that they would stand with the 360 Christians or 360 million Christians around the world and say, We stand shoulder to shoulder, joyfully, internally, and eternally knowing that we stand with Stephen and with Jesus. We stand with him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the work that you're doing in our hearts today. Lord, go with us. Be with us. In Jesus' name, amen.